Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tigers Down Under. I'm your host as always, Alex, and with me for this episode I have Dan. How are you, Dan? Uh, yeah, I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad, actually. Yeah, you know, we've had a week off. Um, a few things conspired to to not have an episode last week, so the anger's probably dulled a little bit in regards to the Swindon game. And in the meantime, we've had two victories in the Cups, which, which we'll get to and we will cover. Um, but we'll obviously start with that league performance um, against Swindon. So it's a little while ago, now a bit over a week ago, that we um, lost to Swindon Town. And I, I guess, you know, painting the picture going into that game, um, we'd sort of talked on the podcast the previous week that, you know, yes, these sorts of games can be potential banana skins, um, but against the side that had lost five in a row, I believe they only had four players on the bench or five players on the bench thanks to COVID. Um, they actually didn't have a manager in their training sessions during the week thanks to COVID. Um, so, of course, same was set for a typical City performance where we um, slipped to a 2-1 defeat. Um, I guess I guess starting with the positives, we'll try and be a little bit positive on the game. Uh, Lewis Potter with a fantastic goal in the first half. How, how did you see that and, and, and the performance leading up to the uh, slip, I guess? <laughs> Um, look, that is probably just about the last thing I remember from the game. Um, part, part of that was part, part of that was due to consumption of alcohol. Part of that was due to the uh, horrendous time of night that we're forced to watch these games. Um, uh, yeah, you, you, you and me both. But, you know, it was it was actually my well, not quite my wedding anniversary, but we'd been out for that weekend celebrating. So, uh, uh, consumption of alcohol is a good uh, <laughs> <laughs> good issue to have for that game. Yeah. Yeah, look, I was um, I was very excited. It was a, a it was a it was a great run um, from Lewis Potter to, to I, I mean, just did it all himself really. Got it and and ran and then and just sort had an opportunity and slotted it really nicely, especially from outside the box to, to get just inside that that post. And mm. um, I think it was, but it was it was just a typical sort of Keen Lewis Potter. We've seen that so frequently already this season. Those the driving runs that has the defenders on the back foot. So, um, I mean, that was really pleasing to see again. It's nice to see him get on the score sheet. I think already it's been got awarded goal of the month with seventy percent or something, seventy five percent of the votes or something ridiculous. Um, <clears throat> so that was good. I think we didn't actually start too terribly. I don't think we looked. We looked okay. We looked lively. We, we we got a goal, and and then I don't know what happened after that. It obviously, all fell apart. <laughs> all, all, all a blur from there. Yeah. Look, I mean, um, from my perspective, as you say, I mean that that Lewis Potter goal was just sensational, and, and the fact that they just kept sitting off him, sitting off him, sitting off him. He just kept kind of going, "Oh, all right, I'll just keep going," and and just slotted it. So the signs were good really early, and and as you say, we were causing them a lot of problems, um, putting a lot of pressure on, and just couldn't convert our chances and. The longer that happens in games, it always seems to be the way that the side that just can't convert their chances are made to suffer. And, and sure enough, it was essentially their their first chance. And um, I mean, you say that the one of the last things you remember is the Lewis Potter goal. So I don't know how much you you, you remembered or, or, or seen of the uh, the equaliser from Swindon, but um, you know, for all the praise for Lewis Potter, I, I do think he was essentially at fault for the equaliser where. Um, it was a little bit naive, not just of him, but of the entire side, that 
time and time again, it was clearly a tactic of theirs to take the free kicks, take the set pieces really quickly to sort of try and at least um, capture some of that momentum and push us onto the back foot. And so sure enough, I don't know if it was actually their first corner. It was one of their first corners. They take a quick corner into the box. Um, City players asleep. Lewis Potter essentially turns his back on the corner. It was probably the main culprit. And, and of course, they then score from it. So, um, you know, for, for all the praise for him, it, it, to be fair as well, to be a bit even and balanced, it, it was also probably his fault for the equaliser. Yeah, I think that's unfortunate, but I guess that just goes to show, I mean, he is only, was he 19 or 20 yeah. or something? So, you know, I guess that that's the goes to show that some of those things that he's still got to learn, like, you know, and, and with a, another a young squad again, I guess overall, you know, things things to learn from and, 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 and improve on that, you know, he can't can't afford to switch off in those games regardless of the opponent. I think yeah, we saw no. that against... So we saw that against yeah. Fleetwood previously where we had an off day and, and they capitalised. Um, the positive is that, which we'll obviously talk about later, but that obviously got rectified on the weekend in the FA Cup. But, <clears throat> yeah, I think just, you know, we, we really... You got to take take this that that loss to Swindon as 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 a learning curve in both making sure that we capitalise on the chances that we create and, and putting those in the net, but also on maintaining that um, defensive awareness and that uh, mentality for the whole ninety minutes. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that you touched on the, that previous Fleetwood game because I, I guess um, looking at this game overall. Um, um, not just uh, we, we can look at the, the goal in the second half that we considered as well. That was probably a really just a poor defensive error from I think it was Burke who sort of charged out and misjudged the ball. Um, but but just looking at the result overall, um, does it sort of concern you that you know yes we lost to Fleetwood and we bounced back and we had a couple of wins. We lost to Peterborough, we bounced back and we had a win. We've now lost again. We've obviously bounced back in the cups. Maybe we'll also bounce back in the league against Burton, but. Um, it's a little bit of concern starting to creep in that, um, you know, for, for, for every step that we take forward, we seem to be taking a step back. And it, it just seems like, you know, yes, the Fleetwood loss was in a way probably a good loss to have to sort of keep the squad grounded, but <laughs> we don't need to keep having those sorts of losses. The, the, the team needs to start to learn and build and um, push on from that and, and stop having these sorts of slip-ups. Um, yeah, look, that's certainly an argument that can be made. I don't know. Like, when you look at the table and you look how everything's still unfolding, I, I guess, like, it, obviously it would be better if we weren't throwing away or giving away these some of these games and, and dropping these points. But I think we're a game in hand and we're four points behind first or something. Like, So, overall, yeah. like, we're still in a really strong position. Um, I guess the concern going forward and, and I, is what you were touching on is if we can't rectify and we keep going game for game and going win loss win loss win loss that gap's only going to going to grow mm. and it needs to come a point where we do you know can start stringing those those strong positive results together again so that we can consolidate that position and and keep growing that that gap between you know between those pro, uh, playoff and promotion spots and and the rest of the chasing pack i think we have enough talent to do that um and I think, like, I guess one thing I would say is that what it what last year or last season, it seemed that McCann didn't wasn't really learning from the mistakes that he was making, and it seemed that we were making tactically making the same mistakes, you know, over and over and over. And even you know, you go home and away against one team, and you could play 
the same way and make the same mistakes against the, that particular team and that particular style twice in a row. But again, I guess using that Fleetwood as an example, it seems obviously there were some things that conspired in that game on the weekend to, to benefit us. But there was signs that we had learned from that 4-1 loss in, in just in respect to that one opponent. Yeah. So I'm, I guess looking forward for the rest of the season, I'm hoping that some of these um, these early couple of losses, so Fleetwood and, and um, Swindon, that these will be that we will actually be able to use them as 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 platforms for for growing and learning, and that you know come the reverse fixture, that we'll be able to demonstrate that and put in a really strong performance and walk away with three points. And if that happens, then I'm not too concerned by some of these individual losses. I do recognise that right now the the current lot of form uh, overall is not great in that last five. It's was it two, two or three losses, I guess in the last five or six. Or I something? think, I think it's two in the last five, but yeah, the Fleetwood yeah. loss was just before that. So, which is not great overall, but again, I think when you put it in context of the position that we're still find ourselves in, we're still in a really strong position moving forward. Um, and we still have the position, the opportunity to consolidate that moving forward and, and stay in that position. So I'm hoping that, I mean, I guess it's me being a bit of a positivist, um, which we that. tend, which we try to do on here. We try to be a bit positive, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, look, I, 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 I really don't feel like it's alarm bells. Not like, um, you know, there were certainly times last season where it was really clear that everything was falling apart. Yeah, it's it's not a you know we we haven't gone seven goals down in the first half or anything crazy like that you know it was a look if that's our barometer though I don't think we're <laughs> but it's a, it's an easy yeah. bar to, to clear I think but no look and it's a fair point I I think for me it's just the concern about um the the, the teams that we're losing to I think if we were losing as we, we the, the Peterborough loss to me was one a very easy loss to swallow even though in a similar fashion we we went up a goal early and then and then lost the game. I think that loss is easier to swallow because of the the strength of the side we faced. And even looking at Fleetwood, they're, they're a reasonable side. They're sort of mid-table. Um, it was the fact that Swindon were on a five-game losing run and, and were pretty um, pretty smashed by COVID in, uh, injuries or absences, I guess, if you'd call them that. Um, that was sort of the main concern for me and, and almost these defensive lapses that we were seeing in the championship, um, obviously not punishing us as much at this level, but the fact that we sort of can't get our head around what needs to be done defensively in games is, is quite frustrating. But I, I take your point that it's still quite early in the season and there's a lot that can that can still happen. Um, I guess my it's, it's always I always find it tough to to give a three MVP points in a game that is, is as frustrating as this one, but. I mean, I guess I'd give the three to, to Lewis Potter, given the fact that he did score and, as you say, goal of the month. So hard to go past him for that one. And then I'm just going two of the the central midfielders in Honeyman and Doherty for the two and the one. Um, you know, I, I can't really see any votes for a defender in, in, in this game. I I think actually as a, final, as a final observation on the game, I don't know about you, but to me, looking at the game in the first half in, in particular, I thought Emmanuel looked quite tired and quite leggy. Um, I don't know if that, that, that's kind of just his style and his running gait, perhaps, but um, I'm a little concerned at the number of games he's playing. I think the, the break midweek last week was really well-timed for him um, and then obviously hasn't played this morning either. So um, that one was probably a bit of a concern for me, but, yeah, I'll probably just give the votes to a couple of the midfielders. 
Yeah, look, uh, without having seen too much of the game, it's hard to uh, have a strong opinion on this. I can't uh, argue with you really one way or the other. Um, but one thing I was just thinking as like a final point is mm. um, carrying on from you mentioned some of the defensive issues. And I just back to the point I was making about McCann actually learning from some of his mistakes. I think we've seen with Device even this year, he's not been a lock into yeah. that position and and so McCann's already showing that he's not necessarily he's not afraid to make those changes and it is obviously at this level is maybe a little bit more forgiving for some of those younger guys like Jacob Greaves or whatever to come to come into the squad so I think if you know if Burke perhaps continues to make some of those same mistakes then I would hope that McCann will be willing to to take him out for for a match or so and even if that if that means device has done enough to get himself back in or whether it's one of the others Alfie Jones slots back in there or something but that someone else will, will go in and get the opportunity to 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 do the right to to have or, or McLaughlin as well who had a fantastic yeah. game this morning um so you know we will we'll talk about those cup games now and as you say we, we did get that chance to have revenge on Fleetwood I I was a bit surprised at how full strength he went. I mean, I guess from the position of always assuming that we'll go weaker in a cup, but when you consider that we didn't play midweek against Accrington Stanley, um, this cup game was essentially in place of a weekend fixture. Um, we, we, we had long in goal was probably the main change from what you would consider a full strength side. Uh, and then I guess we had Jones in midfield and uh, Greaves at centre-back. Um, but otherwise reasonably full strength. And, um, you know, it was a great first goal from Magenis. It's the sort of goal that I wouldn't have necessarily thought he had in his locker, um, really sort of deft touch with his um, outstretched boot. Um, and then Burke getting his first goal for the club was pretty notable as well. Yeah, look, I think um, that Magenis goal was really nice. Um, just that just we're start, finally one of those strikers is starting to show a bit of that predatory instinct in the box. He's, you know, it's flicked off Wilkes' head and he's thrown his foot at it and been able to knock it in at a cross goal back at the far post. There was another one in the second half that he almost almost was able to get his foot on again and it would it was only I think the, the keeper was at the near post and dived out it got past him. Um and Magenis was sort of just only a bloody half a foot off or something and he would have had a tap in um yeah. if he'd got a toe to it. So um he's there or thereabouts. Um he's Showing to be quite um, quite impressive uh, this season, which is which is really nice. Um, Burke, yeah, it was really, it was good to see him get a, get a first goal for the club. Um, been I think it's been quite a while between drinks in general. I guess what he's been with us for is that eighteen yeah, he, he, more months. He was on my Hadkins. So that would have been from oh, the uh, what that what's that the eighteen nineteen season? Yeah, so a couple of couple of years. Um, mm. So that's at least two years essentially without a goal, and then I don't know. They mentioned it in the call something about it was since he played West Ham versus Shrewsbury in a cup game or oh, something, right. a very quite a long time ago. So and it might have even been it. I don't even know if it was senior or what, but yeah, um, a while since he scored a goal. So um, I think he would he'd been so long he'd forgotten how to celebrate it. He just sort of <laughs> yeah. sort of just wandered around, um, went for a bit of a clap down the sideline, but. Um, no, it was good, good to see. And, and I mean, he's come close a few times, so it was nice to see him finally get one. 
Definitely, definitely. And and we've drawn um, Stevenage away in, in the second round, which in a way is sort of a, a disappointing fixture because it would have been a ground tick for a lot of, uh, well, for every City supporter. We've never played them in their history. So um, with no crowds allowed into the games, it must be quite frustrating for a lot of our UK listeners and watchers over there who who otherwise would have been at the game for a, for a new ground tick for watching City. Um, so a bit bittersweet in that sense. But it puts us in a really good position to to win that game and get into the third round where you suddenly have most of the Premier League and Championship clubs. Yeah, look, um, cup run's a cup run. It can go can can work for us. It could go against us. Who knows? And, and but I'm happy to be a part of it while it's while it's alive. Yeah, and I'm almost wondering if this year cup runs have that extra importance and significance for lower lower league clubs where there are no supporters in grounds and. And Cup Run gives you that extra bit of income that you've you've otherwise lost through um, no supporters in the ground. So, genuinely, this this year more than most, I think clubs will be trying to actually get through the cup to to get a bit of extra income. Yeah, I guess that's that's so uh, angle I hadn't considered. But I guess the other thing is we've already seen how congested our fixtures list yeah, is. Yeah, that's true. Um, the flip side of that is all the every time you advance in the cup, you squeeze an extra game into your calendar. Um, and you know, if 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 the game against Accrington hadn't been postponed, mm. we we'd have basically been like Saturday or like weekend midweek for a month or something. Yeah, like that, that was a very just, welcome postponement. Just yeah, an insane amount of fixtures, um, particularly for so early in the season when you know we're still really players are still getting to full fitness so and when you consider the fact that season started late you're almost saying where you know all of this overdrive in fixtures is just to get back to normality in terms of presumably by christmas they'll have played x number of games and it'll be roughly aligned with the number of games they would have played for last season it's just in a much more congested period of time um and then even normality in in lower leagues is still pretty congested because you're mostly playing midweek games whenever there's a Champions League night. You've got your EFL trophy, which essentially is another 23s cup at this stage. Um, and, you know, yeah, so that, that postponement came at a very welcome time. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how the other clubs in League One who haven't had that break um, potentially suffer for it, or, or potentially it's just a case that they've had to rotate more than we did in the FA Cup and, and the uh, EFL trophy. Yeah, Dan, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out, that's for sure. Um, and so then, of course, speaking of the AFL trophy, we did play uh, Harrogate Town this morning in that. Um, much more changed side than the FA Cup game. Callum Jones getting the armband, which was pretty nice to see. He, he's he's um, not necessarily gone under the radar, but he's another one that's sort of stepping up in that next rung of players behind Lewis Potter, behind Bowen as the next sort of big star out of the academy. So great to see him. Um, get a start and get the armband this morning. It shows that McCann's got a decent level of confidence in him. Um, and then and then um, uh, Ahmed Salam came on late as well to make his City debut, which was also great to see. So a couple of kids um, getting getting their chances in the side. And, and Jones got his first goal from the penalty spot late in the game to wrap it up after, um, after Scott got us away, I think, about 70 minutes in. Yeah, look... Um... Again, you know, I wasn't able to watch this one. I was marking assignments and getting ready for work and all sorts of fun Future things. Life, yeah. yeah, so, um, but I was keeping an eye on the score as we as I went along and an eye on the stats. And, I mean, I don't know. I'm not sure how it played out on, on television, but just from, you know, my, the viewing the stats as I went along, it seemed like we weren't 
as dominant as I probably would have expected us to be. Um, it seemed like the like we didn't have majority possession according to the stats. Mm. We did have the majority of chances, but it's, even it's that, bizarre. Like, it was, I don't think we've necessarily had the majority of possession in any game this season. And there've been games that I've watched where I felt we were quite dominant. And then I look at the stats and it does tell a different story, which is quite strange. Yeah. And I guess, um, and on top of that, like it was, we end up 20 shots, but only mm. seven on target or something. And that's, mm. you know, something that we were talking about with that Swindon game and, and being able to actually, you know, when we have those chances and we're, and we're shooting, we need to actually make sure that they're on target, that we can capitalize on those chances that are being created. So I guess that was probably a frustrating part, but again, it's hard to really gauge that without having seen the match. But I think it was nice to see um, James Scott get a goal. Um, he's had a horrendous time as a City player. I don't yeah. think, I, like, the only player that I could probably it's count nice. as unluckier than... Um, <laughs> As uh, uh, that's unluckier, maybe Snodgrass. I was thinking Mason because of yeah, like that's how, right. yeah, yeah. You know, ha- how un- un- innocuous that all was, and then how severe and, and serious that the implications that came out of that were. But you know, to <laughs> step on a sprinkler or whatever in your very first training session for the club and, and you know, be out for such an extended period of time and then come back in. And then this season, it was something similar again. He mm. was the first and he'd game. Never been, or, he'd never been injured before he joined yeah, us, I think. So it's, well. it's not like he's injury prone, yeah. No, it's just just a bit of bad luck. But, you know, got a goal, um, which is which is good. Um, bit of confidence for him moving forward. Um, he'll start, I think, now that he's he's fit and apparently firing, start pushing um, some of those some of those players for um, for more game time. So that'll be good. Um, and I guess, yeah, as you, as you mentioned with Calum Jones, that's really nice to see another young lad step up in the first team, get the armband, get a goal. I mean, what else can you ask for? No, definitely. Um, look, I, I mean, I, I can't disagree with what you're saying in terms of not taking our chances. It, it did feel like a matter of uh, when, not if, we were going to score. But that was more from the point of view of, you know, we were having those shots and even though they weren't on target, they were reasonably good chances. I know um, Eves and uh, Scott, before he even scored, did both have quite good chances where I think Scott almost rounded the keeper to to slot it in and and the keeper just got to it. Um, I know I think Meyer or Adelican had had a a reasonable chance as well. Um, I I did think Meyer had a reasonably poor game which surprised me to an extent um he he seems to be a player who he, he's one of those ones where it's almost as if he he's the start of his career with us was so good uh, and so you know almost because it was such such a surprise at how good it was um and he's almost like regressing to to a mean now like he's sort of coming back to what he you know maybe he's full of adrenaline when he debuted for us and now he's sort of settled in it's actually sort of caused him to drop off a bit but um you know look i thought jones was great um um great for him to get a goal um and and yeah great and and i I mentioned before mclaughlin i thought had a tremendous game i think he made i don't know half a dozen or a dozen blocks to to sort of stop harrogate chances which is fantastic so um we sort of talk about this fixture congestion but the more chances it gives these younger guys to play it's almost, you know, I think back to the the season we got relegated under Bruce where we, we were out of the Europa League so early and we built such a big squad and then we suddenly had all these players who couldn't play games because we just didn't have any competitions for them to play in where you're, A, not giving them runs to keep them fit and keep them, you know, sort of match fit and uh, in form and, B, you're sort of, you know, getting players' noses out of joint because they're sitting on the bench or sitting in the stands the whole time. And even though it's, you know, it's just an AFL trophy game, to be able to give 
Meyer and Adelican and others starts and, and you know, um, um, Jones from Southampton, whose na- first name I always forget because I Alfie. keep thinking of Alfie Jones. There you go. Um, you know, guys like the McLaughlin and stuff, guys like that who otherwise wouldn't be getting much of a look in, it, it's still kind of keeping them involved and it's kind of, you know, and it's giving McGann a good look at who's in form. So now on the weekend, if he sort of looks at the team and says, device maybe he's out of form a little bit or, or Burke's looking a bit shaky, suddenly he's got McLaughlin who, who's actually knocking the door down. It's not just a potential what if, you know, he, you know speculative pick. Yeah, he's actually got the form on the park. Yeah, I think that makes that's a really interesting point. Um, which you know, when we're just talking about whether the cup games are a, a boon or a curse, you know, there's another um, another consideration in how mm. they can be of, of benefit for for the for the team and the squad as a whole. So, um, don't know. It's um, interesting. I think we. I mean, we put ourselves in a good position. I think we if we get a we get a point against Grimsby uh, next. Wednesday morning, yeah. I think it is. Um, then we're in the top two, and I think that's that's what goes through to the next round. I can't remember exactly how it works. Something and it's like also it, it's a weird setup as well because even if it's a draw and we get a point, it then goes to penalties. So there's a chance that you still get two points out of the game if you win the shootout and oh, we send okay. reasonable. Yeah, it, it's a very it's a very Mickey Mouse, you know, literal yeah. competition. So what is it, Papa John's sponsorship yeah. now? So it's you know we're going to take home the pizza trophy. So. <laughs> Very, very uh, you know, better, it is what better it is. than a toilet bowl here in Australia. And and you know what? Look, if it's a trip to Wembley and a bit of silverware, then it's a bit of silverware. You know, it's it's a bit of fun at the end of the day. Um, so we'll move on to the player who we're focusing on this week. And it just so happens, I, I set this all up last week, expecting to be doing an episode last week. So this was definitely not influenced by this morning's results. But it just so happens that the player we were going to look at is James Scott. Uh, who got the first goal this morning. So, um, look, you know, he signed a three-and-a-half-year deal back in January. Um, you know, pretty highly rated um, from the move down to down from Scotland. Um, scored reasonably early in his City career against Birmingham. You know, as you touched on, he did have the really unfortunate injury that initially was going to keep him out of the season. Um, and then COVID, there was a few of our players who were quite fortunate in a way with COVID that it, it sort of reinvigorated their seasons. Um, so he got another chance and, and and looked pretty lively in his first few games for us. Um, he's had a few other issues since then, so he's been in and out of the side. But, you know, the goal this morning makes it two goals for him in, in a City shirt and um, he, he he might be sort of back in, back in the picture for, for a start in the league. Yeah, look, I know when he signed we were... Um... It's sort of, I think he was one that caught us off guard a little bit, but um, when we, we had a bit of a look at him and saw what he could do, I think we were pretty excited about, you know, the potential. He was another nice young striker who um, had been scoring some goals. So um, I think, as we sort of touched on before, it's just been unfortunate that he's taken so long to be able to get started. Um, but, you know, hopefully from, from now, with a couple of goals to his name, you know, a goal this morning that it's um, only onward and upward from here. Um, look, I think, I guess, like, it's going to be, the, the jury's still sort of out for me. It's going to be mm. a time will tell now. He just sort of hasn't really played enough games on, on whether he's been a success or, or another, um, or, or he ends up being a, a mediocre sort of signing yeah. for us. But I think there's, there's some plenty of good, there's plenty of good signs. I think he's a, he's nice and lively on the park and he, and he always really tries to, to be involved. Um and he's got some. He's got some nice footwork and some of those um, some some things that count in his favour. So I'm I'm always I'm really looking forward to seeing how 
I guess just his story progresses over the rest of this season and how much game time he gets and whether he can, you know, force his way in. Because, I mean, in front of him, he's got Ken Lewis Potter on one side, you know, Malik Wilkes on the other. It's it's a pretty um, potent sort of wing wing spots. And I guess, you know, Magenis and Eves um, as well, who are both both scoring in, in the league. So um, pretty potent front three to try and break into. But I think um, I th- he certainly got the, the skills and the ability to do to do that. Yeah, definitely. And and look, another one from this morning who played quite well, who we hadn't mentioned, was Martin Samuelson, who I thought well, arguably had his best game in the City shirt, but um, frustratingly seems to to go missing against uh, higher-level op- opponents. So um, he's, he's another one who's sort of in and out of the side a bit, a bit frustratingly. But, you know, as you say, if Scott can now sort of take that step up, I, I mean, I sort of look back on, on that goal that he scored against Birmingham where he seemed to really kickstart his career with us quite early on. Um, and he he seems in that similar. I mean, I, I think we essentially signed him as a replacement for Bowen, and he's that similar sort of nuggety smaller winger. Um, where if he can get going for us, he could be a really good player. But but you, you're quite right in sort of saying he, he's sort of uh, jury's still out on him at this stage, and it sort of just depends on on how he can you know get a bit of a run together of games in the side and and, and start to string a few goals together to get not only his confidence up, but his form up and, and, and really sort of cement that place. Because, you know, theor- theoretically, um, Eves and Magenis, you know, that FA Cup goal not notwithstanding for Magenis, um, haven't really cemented a spot in our forward line. So if Scott was able to step up, it does, there is a, there is a position there open for him. If Wilkes was to go central um, as a number nine and to have Scott and uh, Lewis Potter on both sides, there's there's certainly a spot there for the taking if he can um, step up a little bit more. Uh, yeah, I think that'll make um, it's look it's, as I sort of said, it's going to be an interesting interesting dynamic and, and to see how this all unfolds. And I guess it's it's really on Scott to keep to keep pushing and to taking those opportunities that he's that he's given um, and um, and see what happens from there. But definitely. Um, well, we'll look ahead now to a clash against Burton Albion. And we were saying before the episode, it's quite exciting that we're finally playing a side that we probably have a little bit more recent memory of. Um, you know, they were our bunnies back up in the championship where we beat them 4-1 at home and then 5-0 away. So a 9-1 aggregate scoreline in our two only two ever league meetings with them. Um, that home fixture, of course, was especially uh, notable because of the fact that Jackson Irvine basically sold himself to, to City in that game by scoring a worldie of a goal and then getting himself sent off. So, um, which was almost as, as exciting as, as any game that he played at the KCOM in his time with us. You know, I don't think he's, I can't, I don't think he ever got sent off for us in a game. So um, it was an interesting one. Um, they're, they're, they're struggling in League One at the moment with no wins in their last five, uh, which makes this game hopefully another game that we can look to win. Um and I guess the other notable point is, of course, former City player Stephen Quinn is in their midfield. So uh, we had um, Paul McShane a couple of weeks ago, and, and now we get to have a, a reunion with another fiery Irish um, former City man. Yeah, I think um, what rem- when you were mentioning that game against Burton where, that Irvine scored against us, and I just <laughs> just remembered that that was the the weird period of time where Slutsky just about went and bought everyone who scored against us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if they, no if you scored against well. City, you got a you got a you got yeah. a contract with this. It was a weird it was a weird little moment, weird little month there. But um, yeah, look, I think 
I don't know. There was some there was some crazy games. Um, <laughs> two two high scoring affairs that we played against them last time. I mean, hopefully we can replicate that in our favor again. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess probably the best thing that came out of that four one was that we ended up signing Irvine, and he turned out to be I, I thought a dependable asset that we had for for quite a while. Um, but definitely. Um, look, I think again, as I seem to say every week. It'll be a tough game in League One, um, yeah. and if we don't take our chances, you know, we'll we'll find ourselves probably on the wrong end again. Um, I, I'm optimistic and I'm positive about our chances, um, and and about the players that we have at our disposal at the moment. So I think I I can't see any reason why we won't be able to go out, put on a strong performance, and come home um, comfortable victors. But again, you know. You only have to look back to last weekend to see that anything can happen. Another interesting point as well is that um, they're managed by Jack Buxton, who is technically a player manager, but he's sort of a player manager in the Nick Barmby role, which is, um, you know, he's a he's a player manager in, in name only, really. He's, he's essentially retired. He, I don't think he's played a game for them this season. So um, it's a little bit of a quirk. You don't see player managers too often these days. So um, that'll, of course, be interesting as well. I, you know, I, I tend to sort of agree. I think... I think it's the sort of game that we should be winning. I think, um, I mean, you, you do have to look at the fact, though, that Burton did get a 2-2 draw with Peterborough in their last five. So it's not as if they're just being belted by all the good teams. They are, they've are they got three draws in their last five, so they're, they're a little bit resilient defensively. So um, need to take our chances. I think um, after the Cup games, I think it's given McCann a good selection headache to have. I think across the two games, there's been a pretty reasonable display from a number of players who could come into the side. I think it's great that Emmanuel now has had, um, you know, two midweek rests, no game against Accrington, and then um, the rest against Harrogate as well. I think he probably needed that. So it's great that he'll presumably slot back in. I think Coyle must be reasonably close to a return to fitness, but um, probably not quite there. Um I wouldn't be against starting either of Greaves or McLaughlin in, in, at centre-back in this game. I think they've both put their hands up, and I think to an extent you do need to reward those performances and, and give those players a bit of consistency in game time. Um, I think I think up forward, like I was sort of saying, I don't necessarily think Eves or Magenis has really stuck their hand up to, to get the run out. Is away? Is there something international? Well, actually, no, it's a good point. Yeah, he's away with Northern got, Ireland anyway. Yeah. So he can't, yeah. So I think he misses our next three games, actually. So... Um, that that probably makes it even easier to say that perhaps uh, Wilkes should start up forward um, with Scott and Lewis Potter on either side of him. Um, yeah, pro- I mean, without McGinnis there, it's yeah. Without whether whether McCann thinks that um, Eves has done enough to to earn that start, um, but yeah, I think Wilkes Wilkes going through the the middle with Scott out wide is. Um, certainly a, a very strong um, option. Definitely, definitely. Um, so other than that, we've also got the game that we've sort of touched on so already uh, against Grimsby Town midweek. It's um, probably as local a derby as you're going to get for City, if, if you know, unless we're playing a North Ferriby or, or, or someone. Um, I guess notable for, for the fact that they've got Ian Holloway as their manager, who's probably a little bit of a celebrity signing for them, essentially. Um you know, previous manager of Blackpool all the way up in the Premier League as well. So um, he's got a bit of pedigree about him. Um, they did lose to Leicester's under-21s this morning, 3-1. So um, not not in red-hot form. Um, but, yeah, there'll be an, an interesting clash against um, a local rival. And 
and I, I am pleased to, to sort of know, I, I suspected it was the case, but it does look like all these EFL trophy games are on iFollow, which is which is great. I was at, at one point assuming that, you know, all these cups wouldn't be included, but good to say that this is included in, in uh, the subscription. Oh, beautiful. Didn't even realize that. I'll, yeah, be, um, yeah. I'll be able to watch along next next Wednesday then. Yeah, I sort um, of signed in, hopefully, and, and it, it was there. Yeah, right. I saw something that it had been it was available to international viewers, but it seemed it, the thing I saw seemed to indicate that I was going to have to pay like for a one-off uh, right. subscription yeah, yeah. to it, and so I just didn't even bother. <laughs> I had too much to do anyway. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, look, it'd be a good opportunity to see some see some more players. Um, you know, get more game time. Um, and, and as we sort of said, you know, if you if you can get a win or or, or a draw or whatever, you know. We should um, should be able to go through and you know carry on. I don't know. Carry on on our way to Wembley. Absolutely no, uh, that will be good. Hopefully, we can pick up a couple of wins in in this uh, seven day period. But um, until then, uh, thank you for joining me tonight, Dan. Oh, that's all right. And uh, thank you everyone for listening in. Um, we released, uh, I think it was last Sunday, the first episode in our decade flashback from. Um, the 2010s, um, which was a great, great episode to record with Brad. So if you haven't had a listen to it yet, I encourage everyone to, to tune in and, and have a listen to that. We'll be recording the second episode in, in probably this weekend or, or in the coming weekends, um, which will go out first to our Patreons and then uh, to everyone else a week later. So, you know, if you haven't signed up for the Patreon, um, really encourage it. it. It's, you know, it's great for for the support for us. It gives us a little bit of um of means to 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 get these podcasts out to more people in in more ways um and, and you'll get great stuff like these those uh podcasts a bit earlier than everyone else which is um always always a good benefit um so other than that if you if, if everyone listening wants to to like the the video leave a comment uh, perhaps any any memories or, or thoughts on james scott uh, any thoughts on on the loss to swindon uh, and share the podcast around that's always appreciated as well but until next time come on city You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast. For more discussion, join us on Facebook in the Hull City AFC Australian Supporters Group or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black. This is on fire. We're going higher and higher. There's no turning back because you're